0: is your relationship with joy you know there's these amazing individuals I'm being very kind who happen to wake up in the morning and you're morning people and you're just really really chipper I call you a perpetual morning person I don't know if you're that way or maybe you're married to one like I am And I happen not to be a perpetual morning person. And so the Holy Spirit has used this to work on our marriage over the years. Uh, But maybe you just wake up nice and chipper, and you're just really, really happy first thing in the morning. Okay, so we're going to pray for you, those of us like myself, I'm really happy late at night. You know, that's when I get everything done. But just give me my space first thing in the morning. Are you a perpetual morning person? Perpetually happy, chipper, wake up way too early and cheerful. And just the word chipper comes to mind. Um, Are you more like a Martha? You know, from the story in the Bible, the difference between Mary and Martha. Are you just busy? Are you task- oriented do you find it difficult even maybe during this service to turn your brain off and stu- and pause from checking off your list you've got a running tally even of all the things that you have to get done after service this morning and it's difficult to disengage and to be present in the moment and to have joy in the moment because you have so many things that you have to get, do- get done and get-, and get to doing and working on. If I'm honest, I tend to find myself in that category. I made fun of my husband, and I can now point myself out. Okay. Um, do you carry guilt and shame when it comes to talking about joy? That maybe isn't such a funny one to consider, Um, But it's all too real. There are people among us that have a really difficult time embracing joy or the idea of it because if they do that, they feel bad about carrying joy and shame because maybe uh, there's some things that their loved ones are walking through or maybe they feel bad about it showing joy because they don't want to make somebody else feel bad because maybe their life is kind of difficult right now. And so you carry a sense of guilt and shame about it exuding joy. That's real. Are you more of a Scrooge and have a little bit more of a bahumbug mentality? You know, this time of year, has anybody watched Christmas Carol this time of year? I can tell you that the favorite version of that. Um, Christmas movie in our household happens to be the Muppets Christmas Carol. It's the best one. You should check it out. Kermit the Frog. And then you have Scrooge. Are you a little bit more about humbug where just everything, somebody tries to point something good out to you and you come back with, well, yeah, it's not that good. And you just have a negative attitude all the time. And it's very difficult for people to help pull you out of that bah humbug mentality because you just prefer to live where there is no joy. And that to you is your Happy place well? Oh, I heard a well <laughs> you don 't have to point fingers or raise any hands most of the time we can keep that one to ourselves it 's fine but or is it this season when you talk about joy? Are you kind of in a relationship with joy right now where it 's just a really heavy season that you 're walking through? Maybe you're walking through something very difficult, and then it's hard to bring yourself above all of the things that you see or that you feel right now because it's just heavy. It's hard to walk and embrace joy because the things going on around you, the things that you're seeing, feeling, and experiencing seem to weigh you down. And it, the best word to use to describe it is just the word heavy. Maybe that's where you're at maybe we're what i lovingly call some sort of a blamer and you tend to be the type of person that's like well pastor maria i could be joyful if everybody else got their act together if they would just change this if they would just do this then i could be happy but i can't be happy because look at them they're making my life miserable and because they do this i can't have joy in my own home they're stealing all my joy are you a blame shifter Are you just asleep and oblivious at the moment of the season, meaning that you're just kind of floating through life, not really sure at the moment of all the things that you see around you? Are you just kind of numb to joy and to what you're walking through right now and to this season? Or finally, surely, certainly not the only one in the list, but the last one on my list today are you in a content and happy season? Do you find feel joy, gratitude, peace? Are you in a good space? Wherever you find yourself, obviously we are in Christmas season. And everywhere you walk around and see, we see the word joy plastered everywhere. And I want to read you a portion of the Christmas story where that comes from. And I'm excited about it because it's such a beautiful story. So in Luke for chapter 2, starting with verse 8, there's a few scriptures here. But I encourage you to listen and pay attention because it is the Christmas story, which is the season we're in. So I'm going to take a little extra time to make sure that we read all of this because it's so beautiful. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven. Can you just picture what that would have looked like? Praising God and saying, glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, just even that phrase, when the angels had returned to heaven, I just, it just gets me so excited. Uh, it's, it's beautiful. Which the Lord had told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told him. I love it. Going back to earlier in that scripture, when the the angel said that we bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. There's that word joy where we get Christmas time, everything, you know, I looked in my house at all of the Christmas decorations, and the word joy is on so many of them, right? But that word joy is everywhere. But I bet many of us inside the church, but especially outside of the world, don't really have an idea or concept why we're putting the word joy, plastering it on all of the Christmas decorations. You know, joy itself is a fruit of the Spirit. It's found in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22, and when it lists out, the Bible lists out all of the fruits of the Spirit, joy is included in one of those, which tells me a couple of things. One, it tells me a big piece of the character and personality of our God, that he is a God of joy. Amen? Amen. But then it also tells me that if I'm a child of God and I am filled with the Holy Spirit of God, that one of the fruits that should be evident in my life as a believer and as his daughter, son or daughter, should be joy. That joy should be something that I can expect to radiate from my life as a child of God. As a daughter... Holy Spirit-filled daughter of the King because it is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. So it is evidence of the Holy Spirit at work in my life. Amen? And it should be evidence of the Holy Spirit at work in the lives of every single believer. So then I know now there's obviously signs of joy all over. We see the word all over, but now I know that this is a fruit of the Holy Spirit and it's part of who my God is. Let's dig into joy just a little bit more. So what is joy? Well, I did a little bit of research, which was really fun to do and interesting, and I learned a couple of things, and so let me expound a little bit of what I've learned and share with you. There are actually eight Greek words for the word joy in the New Testament, but there is one that is most prevalent, and it is the word, and I probably will pronounce it incorrectly, so please forgive me, but it is the word kakera. And that word appears about 60 times in the New Testament. And its first occurrence is been, was used in talking about the birth of Jesus. And it, in Matthew 2.10, it says, When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. According to Strong's Concordance, kara means joy. But the definition of that is calm delight. Calm delight, calm delight or inner gladness. Just let that sit for a minute. It's related to Cairo, which means to rejoice, and it's related to Keras, which means grace. Therefore, Kera means to rejoice because of grace. It is the awareness of God's grace or favors through Jesus as well as our reaction to it. You see, I loved this point because it helped me realize something. It helped me realize, A, the definition of joy wasn't just exuberance or happiness or even an emotion that I necessarily felt. But it was this calm delight or inner, what was the definition? Inner Gladness. Thank you. I was about to look for it in my notes. Calm delight or inner gladness—something that was steady, something that was from the inside out. You see, which is interesting because most of our culture nowadays—if you look our culture—there is the pursuit of what, of happiness, of joy. Our society desperately wants to be happy. And you can see it because there's a whole movement in our culture about individuals trying to be happy, and they're so desperate for happiness that now they've begun to throw off every moral restraint to simply say, do what makes you feel good in the moment, because that's where you'll find happiness and joy. They're so hungry for it and they have so many holes in their own personal life that they're grasping at straws to find happiness, not aware that, yeah, they may feel a feeling of happiness in the moment, that that actual what they're seeking and what they're doing to find it will eventually lead to destruction, not just in their life or emptiness or will end up hurting other people's lives. Or even if what they are currently going after to help them find happiness is a good thing, that because they're looking for happiness outside of them, it will inevitably put them on a roller coaster ride of emotions because they're constantly going up or down based on their external circumstances seeking happiness on things outside of them, then now their happiness is dependent on external situations and circumstances that may mostly be out of their control. So, of course, they're going to be on a perpetual cycle, a perpetual roller coaster, you might say, of living, trying to find happiness only to go back down, desperately trying to find joy, desperately trying to be happy and full of just something that keeps eluding them. But it's because we're looking for happiness in the wrong places. My friend, we are a trying being. Did you know that? That you are a spirit. Your spirit, when you hear us talk about giving your life to Christ, and you hear the language that talks about being born again, what is that? Your physical body never gets born again. All the mamas in the room say amen. Thank you, Jesus. That would be an awfully difficult task. But it is your spirit that is reborn. It is made brand new. Now, you live in a body, a physical body, and this is called my flesh. And I possess what's called a soul. And your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Now, that soul is what has to be renewed. It goes through sanctification. Your mind, your will, and your emotions after you give your life to Christ have to go through a process of being renewed, your way that you think, your emotions. All of that has to now come into alignment with the Word of God. It has to be retrained. You have to learn to think differently. You have to learn to act differently. Old habits and ways of doing things now have to be are gone, right? And we step into a new way of kingdom way of doing things. That's my mind, my will, and emo- my emotions. But there is a fight. Yes. Your flesh and your spirit don't agree, <laughs> right? Your flesh has certain desires and passions and things that it wants to do. And it—that that is the part of us that tries to seek to find pleasure in things outside of the Lord. And your spirit has been reborn. Many of us allow our, our flesh to call the shots, yep. to make the decisions. But there has to come a point where your spirit stands up and says no more. Yes. And your mind, your will, and your emotions. And you choose that you're going to come into alignment with your spirit, yep. your reborn spirit. Yep. Now, my friend, this is interesting because many of us try to seek joy from the flesh side based on our situations and based on our circumstances. my husband pointed this out to me before we came out to service this morning and I thought it was powerful. He said, so many of us are trying to find joy from the outside in when true joy comes from the inside out. See, the joy that you find connected to your spirit, what's beautiful about that is that this joy is based on the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's based on the truth of what he has done for us. Advent, the whole uh, process of Advent is celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ, but also looking forward to the second coming of Christ. Right? So this joy that as a child of God, when I go from the inside out, I can have that joy that's constant and never fades because it's not based on situations and circumstances. It's not based on what I'm walking through. I always have joy. Joy unspeakable and full of glory can always be mine because it's not connected to what I'm walking through. It's connected to the King of Kings and to the Lord of Lords. It's connected to him being my savior. It's connected to the hope that I have in him. It's connected to the fact that I am not hopeless and I don't live and walk through everything that I'm walking through in my own strength, right? I get to tap into the Holy Spirit. So when I find myself in a situation that even feels hopeless, I'm not alone in there. I get to reach out to my heavenly father, ask him for wisdom, ask him for guidance, find out what I need to do in those situations. My goodness, when the Bible even says to forgive, I don't even have to do that in my own strength, amen? There's so much that I have that I can realize that my joy... Is, is, is not dependent on what I'm walking through, which is why. You know the scripture that says that even when we lose a loved one, that believers do not grieve as though we have no hope right. like those without God do. Right. That's why even when you find a believer who loves the Lord, they walk through things different. Do they feel the pain? Yeah, they absolutely do. But it's different because we have that joy not connected to that at the same time. Those two things can exist. Joy and sorrow can exist at the same time. You can walk through difficult seasons but still have joy because my joy is not dependent on that, but the joy will walk as, be as a fruit of the Spirit because I always have the joy of the Lord because I always get to celebrate and know that I'm the redeemed of the Lord, that I'm a daughter of the King, that I am forgiven, amen, that I am His. I know whose I am. That that is does not ever change. And I walk through whatever situation, whatever circumstances I find myself in, I walk through them as a child of God, as a daughter of the Most High God. That does not ever change. Amen? Let me read you something that blessed me so much. Let me find it. Hold on, (laughs) I got ahead of myself in my notes. Joy, in other words, is the response and the reaction of the soul to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Charles Spurgeon said this, believers are not dependent upon circumstances. Their joy comes not from what they have, but from what they are. Not from where they are, but from whose they are. Not from what they enjoy, but from that which was suffered for them by their Lord. Amen. Amen? There's a depth there. Amen? This is exactly how Paul could experience joy amidst his tribulations. You know, even in Second Corinthians 6.10 and again in Second Corinthians 7.4, he says, In all our affliction I'm overflowing with joy amidst shipwrecks. Amidst all of the things that Paul went through, he was even able to say, in all our affliction, I'm still overflowing with joy. Paul wasn't oblivious to the fact that he was shipwrecked or that all of the things that he went through in his life. But that's why he was still able to say in the midst of what he was going through that he still has joy. That's how Paul and Silas in the jail were able to start praising God and celebrating. They weren't oblivious to the fact that they were in prison, in chains. They knew exactly where they were, but their joy and their praise was not contained or determined by their situation and their surroundings. It was linked to their heavenly father. Amen? That's so hopeful for me today and for you because I don't know what you're walking through and I don't know where you're currently at in your life. But may that bring so much joy and excitement to your heart to realize you don't have to wait for your situation to change, for you to be able to tap into the joy of the Lord. So many of us feel like we're in bondage to what we're walking through. Did you hear me say that? Often we feel like we're in bondage to what we're walking through. And that's a trick of the enemy. The enemy wants you to feel that you are in bondage to what's happening in life. Jesus knew that in life we would have tribulations. He said that. But he also told us not to to fear, not because he's overcome the world. But he did say that we would have those things. The enemy would like to make you feel like you are in bondage to those things and you're stuck. And that your life is dictated by those things. But my friend, they're not. You may be walking through those things, but the enemy doesn't have that much control over you. Right. Only if you let him right. and only if you choose not to tap into that joy. Right. Because joy is a choice. Even in Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7, it says this, and it's a command. Listen to this. Rejoice. Rejoice in the lord always again i will say rejoice listen if it's a command that means it's a choice then we have a choice to step into joy which means if we have a choice it's not dictated for us by our situations and in- We have a choice to step into the joy of the Lord because the reason for our joy is consistent and it never goes away. If I didn't have the choice, it would be dictated to me by the outside, but it's not. It is always there. So it is a choice for me to grab a hold of the joy of the Lord. Hear that today. You have way more power than you think that you do. Way more power over how you choose to step forward than you realize that you do. Yes. It is a choice. Yes. You can grab a hold of it, no matter what you're walking through, no matter what you're what, what you're seeing and is going on around you. Joy is our strength. Nehemiah chapter eight, verse ten. And Nehemiah continued, Go and celebrate with a feast of rich foods and sweet drinks and share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. This is a sacred day before our Lord. Don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. I love that the Bible's telling us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And I love that in Nehemiah, he's telling us, look, He's talking to the people saying, go and celebrate with a feast of rich foods and sweet drinks and share gifts of foods with people who have nothing prepared. It's a sacred day before our Lord. Now listen, don't be dejected and sad. Why? For the joy of the Lord is your strength. So he's telling them, even in a difficult situation, even a difficult season, don't live sad or dejected or maybe like you have no hope because the joy of the Lord is your strength which tells me that the joy of the Lord, this joy that I have in the gospel message is my strength. So I can lean into that even when I don't feel it coming from the outside. I can tap into this message, which means I can do the hard things that are set in front of me because his joy is my strength to do it. I can walk by faith. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is my strength. I can walk through anything that I have to face. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is my strength, and it will strengthen me, and it will lift me up, and I can find my strength in the joy of the Lord, which isn't just an emotion. The joy of the Lord is based upon the goodness of God. We keep going back to that, upon what he's done for us. It's found in him. It's found in his goodness to us by sending his son Jesus to be born, which we celebrate on Christmas, but it's looking forward to even the things that he will do for us. Praise God. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen. It is my strength, which means that his joy is not fake. It's not a fake feeling or just this emotion that I have to conjure up to look like I'm a, I'm a that I um. I'm a believer or religious or to try to put on some fake mask. It's not something fake that I just have to conjure up. His joy is that calm delight that no matter what we're going through, he's there. And his joy is what helps us do the hard things. But you know, there's a lot of things that the enemy would love for us. Maybe the best way, I originally titled it in my message, there are joy killers out there. Things that would try to kill our joy. But I think maybe a better way to say that would would be that they're joy misdirectors or try to misdirect you, right? Because we're trying to look for joy outside of us. And so in doing so, we look to our circumstances, which we've talked about a lot this morning. But by misdirecting and having us look in all these other places to find joy, then we're obviously not looking where it is. So then, of course, it zaps our joy. But some of the things the enemy would love to get us so wrapped up in to try to take our joy from us, things like fear, focusing on fear, fear of failure, fear of not measuring up fear what's happening, just fear. There's so much torment in that. What does that do? It misdirects us and we focus so much on that. We feed our spirit with that, that we stop feeding our spirit with the goodness of God and we don't tap into the truth, right? And our our focus gets misdirected, so then yes, we're not focusing on that joy. Worry. Anxiety, the cares of this life or the world, or even living for your flesh. But listen, the Bible says in Proverbs 17:22, "A cheerful heart is good medicine, but get this: A broken spirit saps a person's strength." Amen. The new King James Version says it this way: "A merry heart does good like medicine." but a broken spirit dries the bones. If the enemy can get you to not allow your joy to be rooted, I'm talking, there, we can allow things outside of us to make us happy. I'm not saying you can't do that. Certainly there are beautiful things that happen in life, just like there are things that we walk through. You can celebrate awesome times, my sister just had a baby last weekend on my mom's birthday, which was pretty cool. This is her first. There's just two of us. And um, this is her first baby, and it was pretty special. Those are awesome things to celebrate, right? Beautiful relationships, achievements, all of that stuff, and they do make us happy. But we don't base that calm to like that consistent joy isn't based on those things, right? But if the joy of the Lord is our strength then the opposite of that would be to sap our joy, to keep our focus not on this, but on the outside circumstances to provide that. Then if all he has to do is help us focus on all the negative things that are going on, saps our strength, and then we become extremely weak, broken, frail. The joy of the Lord is our strength. So instead of focusing on all of those things externally, fixating on anxiety, the cares of the slice of life for the world, living for your flesh. Let's focus on some of the strengtheners of joy. Rem- just really just remembering Jesus, the gospel message, salvation, redemption, that we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Focusing on healing, forgiveness, peace, hope love, the fact that we've been chosen, that we've been adopted, that we're justified, the Holy Spirit, the fact that we are never alone and we have so much more. We have a choice, amen? We have a choice on what we focus on. We have a choice on what we allow to continue to feed our heart or to continue to feed our spirit. And I would encourage you this morning not to allow the main voices in your life to be the ones from the outside determining the course of your life or your joy. Listen, I know so many people deal with depression or this time of year. There's a lot, and that stuff is real, anxiety, depression, maybe you feel weak, I just want to encourage you today that the joy of the Lord isn't based on those things. No matter what you're going through today, no matter what heavy thing you're facing today, all of us in this room have the same source of joy that you can reach a hold of Grab a hold of the joy of the Lord. Grab a hold of the truth of what the word of God says. Grab a hold of the message of the gospel. Grab a hold of the fact that you have been redeemed. You are a son or a daughter of the most high God. You're his child. You've been forgiven much. Just meditate on that for a little bit. The fact that we were lost, that we were full of sin, but because of Jesus, we've been forgiven so much that I don't have to live by my Myself, that you don't have to walk through whatever you're walking through by yourself. And as a matter of fact, because of Jesus, you don't have to stay in a deep, dark place either. He's redeemed us. He bring, brings deliverance. He brings healing. Amen? That I don't have to. I am not without hope. I have Jesus. So we can lay hands on the sick and see them recovered. We can pray for you and see you restored and come alongside of you and believe, God, that you would come out of that season of depression that anxiety would no longer control your every movement and be in bondage to that. That grief, yes, there's moments, there's seasons of grief and grief is something we walk through. But you don't have to live forever in a state of grief. Amen? You don't have to live under that same thing for the rest of your life. Amen. The enemy would love to keep you there. But God can help us come up out of that. Wherever you are, you have that same hope of the gospel. It's not just some people in the room. It's not just other people. That's not just, oh, this person has it. It's for every single one of us, which is why when we see the word joy plastered all over, we can pause and be so thankful that we have the joy of the Lord which is our strength joy and joy unspeakable and full of glory we can understand that when those angels came and they say that they said that they bring good news that will bring bring great joy we can understand how they would say it even knowing all the things that still had to transpire you know, even, even when Mary, who was pregnant with baby Jesus... Even when she went to go see Elizabeth, who was also pregnant at the same time, that baby inside of Elizabeth, when the baby heard Mary's voice at the door, leapt inside of her with great joy. And then Mary began to sing and praise the Lord because she knew what had come. But yet there still had to be some things that would have to walk, be walked through. And Jesus was still going to be crucified, but they could have great joy because Because they knew what God had done, even though there was still going to be sorrow that had to be walked out. Still having great joy. So my friend, you can have great joy right where you are. And I would, I would strongly suggest and encourage you. That's my loving way of saying it. (laughs) That if you would tap in and focus on that, focus on the truth of the gospel, focus on celebrating, guess what? Just like Paul and Silas in that prison. Just like Paul even being shipwrecked. Man, and you just begin to praise the Lord. There is deliverance that will come to you as well. And great freedom will come to you as well. And you will see many of the bondages that you've been walking around heavy and depressed that do not belong on a child of God. Do you know that that... That heaviness, that depression, that anxiety, many of those things do not belong on a child of God. Why? Because Jesus paid for it on the cross. And one of the tools that he's given us to step out of those things is is the joy of the Lord. So to dig deep, remembering that your joy doesn't come from external circumstances. Your joy of the Lord doesn't come from everything going right out there. Which is why I can bypass my external circumstances, go straight to the Word of God, go straight to the message of the Word of God, find my joy, tap into the strength that's there, no matter where I am, no matter what I'm walking through in my life, and I can stand up and I can begin to praise the Lord, and then as I'm doing that, I can begin to see situations and circumstances shift and change. But if you think that the only way that you can stand up and praise the Lord or stand up and have joy is because when it's based on your external circumstances, you'll never do it because you're going to be on a roller coaster ride like this. All of your ducks will never be in a row. They just never will. If you have to wait for everything to line up for you to be able to praise, to rejoice, and to celebrate, they will never be all in a row. So, you'll never do it. And I'm telling you, that is one of the biggest tricks in the enemy. So as a believer, let's just, just smack it in his face and determine that my joy wasn't given to me by the world, that my joy was never determined. Or based on any situations or circumstances. And it doesn't frankly matter what I'm walking through. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world around me. It doesn't matter who is going through what. It doesn't matter what's even going on in my household. I feel it. I see it, and I'm not ignoring it. But in the very midst of it, I'm going to tap deep into where the joy of the Lord comes from, which is a fruit of the Spirit, which means as a believer and a child of God, that that joy should be evident in my life, which is fruit of the Holy Spirit at work. So if the Holy Spirit's at work inside of me, the Holy Spirit isn't dictated by my search situations or circumstances either. So he's not taking his cues from what's going on outside. So why should we? So I'm going to dive in to the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. I'm going to reach back into the Word of God. I'm going to understand. I'm going to meditate on the gift of God that Jesus is. This whole Christmas season, that baby, his one and only son, fully God and fully man, being born to a baby. And I can celebrate And I can have joy, and I can rejoice. Now, my flesh may not feel like doing it, but remember, we're a triune being. So, sometimes we have to make a decision who's going to win. Is my spirit going to win and call the shots? Or is my flesh going to win and call the shots? Joy is a choice, so we get to decide. We have a choice. Amen? Amen. So, we're going to pray this morning as we get ready to close, and I just want to pray with you right where you are. I'm going to pray for a couple of different things. One, I don't know what you've been walking through. I don't know if maybe you would consider yourself, when we talked about the scriptures where a merry heart does good like a medicine, but a, um, a broken spirit, a spirit of individual without joy, that it zaps the strength. I don't know, maybe that's you. Maybe you feel weak right now. And you just need somebody to come alongside of you and pray, to help shift your focus, to help you recognize that you're not alone, and to tap into the true message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, where your joy comes from and what he did for you. So we're going to pray for you. But maybe also in the room, there's individuals who, even if you know the Lord, and that's who I'm talking to right now, are believers. Because in a second, if you don't know the Lord, we're going to give you an opportunity to give your life to Jesus. But believers specifically in the room, maybe you've been allowing a misdirection of sorts to determine your joy to determine your, um, yeah, your joy, to determine how you live your life even. And it's time to bring that into alignment and it's time to tell the enemy no more. He doesn't get to call the shots. We're gonna bring it back into alignment where it's supposed to be. And then we're gonna watch ourselves tap into the joy of the Lord and overcome so with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm just going to ask you, in the room, if you fall into one of those two categories, just at your seat, with nobody looking, would you just raise your hand, right where you are? Go ahead, I see the hands. Awesome. So we're going to I'm going to pray for you from here. Fabulous. That's awesome. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this amazing group of beautiful people. And God, I thank you that you see each and every one of them right where they are. And Lord, I thank you for messages like these that serve as a reminder of the goodness of our God. Lord, and what you've given us so freely. And so Father, I just thank you that we don't have to walk this life alone, and so Father, I just ask for healing in the room where healing needs to happen, where individuals feel weak and heavy. God, I pray for a freedom to fill this place. God, I pray for a um, just a breath of your fresh, just um, love in Jesus' name. And Lord, I thank you. God, for just an overall, all of us this morning, that you would help us align our thoughts with your word, help us align our thinking, and help us come out of agreement with living from our situations and circumstances, dictating our joy. God, to just remembering that your son and all that you've done for us, that that's the source of our true joy. And so, Father, I thank you that you help us make that shift, that you help us live from that place of being an overcomer and a child of God. I thank you for that beautiful reminder in Jesus' name. Now, with every head bowed and eye closed one more time, if you, I want, we don't want you to leave here this morning without having an opportunity to give your life to Jesus. So whether you have ever, maybe this is your first time And you've never given your life to the Lord. Or maybe you had at one point, but then you've walked away. My friends, the Bible says that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And all of us needs a Savior. That same Savior that came as a baby into this earth so that he could later die for us and pay for sins that we could never pay on our own our opportunity to receive that beautiful free gift. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you in this room, I'm going to ask you just to raise your hand on the count of three, and we're going to pray with you right where you are. So if you've never given your life to the Lord, or maybe you did at one point and you've walked away and it's time to come back to him on the count of three, just please raise your hand and we'll pray for you. Ready? One, two, three. Go ahead and put your hand up. I'm looking around the room and I don't want to miss anybody. If that's you, just raise your hand. Amen. All right, we're looking. All right. Well, I may even have missed you, but whether I saw it or not, we're still gonna pray because I don't wanna just base it on me being able to see. And maybe there's somebody at home who's praying with us as well. But congregation, would you just pray this prayer after me so that we can make sure that anybody in this room that needs to pray it does. Dear Father, Father, I thank you that you see me just as I am. I know that I've sinned and walked away from you. I ask you to forgive me. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We hope you have been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person for our Sunday morning worship experience every Sunday at 10 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. There you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening.